your brother's son. He's a boy you've loved for seven years. Well, you can't believe it. And? It's over. It is a filthy, stupid story, and it's over. Hello and welcome back to Scream 101. You're listening to Sergio. And Brennan. And who are you? I'm Brennan. I just told you. Okay, good. Just double checking. <laughs> Do you want to see my ID? Yes, please. Do you have it on you? Um, it's somewhere that, around here. That, that's you right there in the ID that you're clearly showing me because this is an audio forum. Yeah. And nobody it, can. Here it is. It's the picture of me at 16 with really long hair. You took your ID at 16? Yeah, they never asked for a new picture. Oh, wow. So that's uh, horrifying. But anyway, we're going to be talking about Damien Omen 2. But first, let's catch up on uh, 10 word reviews of movies. What have we seen? See, the thing is, we were actually recording this the day after we recorded our Children of the Corn 3 episode because we were banking one episode because Sergio has a. Uh, he's starting this semester. Yeah, and I got shit to do. Yeah, exactly. So um, I'm actually just going to talk about one movie that I watched without you. Okay, cool. So I don't have to come up with something on the fly. No. That's great. So this is the movie Revenge. And my Revenge. Yes. It is French. Can you, can you tell who I'm quoting when I say Revenge? Yeah, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah, everybody should watch that show. It's, it's great. It's really great, really sweet, really wholesome. And I don't know about that. It's a great show. If you've ever been to Southern California, there's so much humor in there just for you. There really is. Um, but anyway, my review of Revenge is single-handed. Revenge. Okay. Single-handedly redeems the rape-revenge genre with inimitable style. Okay, thank you. They can't hear me. They can hear you. Okay, cool. I'm assuming our this mic setup works properly, which I'm kind of curious about, but we'll see. Um, as always, we rate our movies on scariness, campiness, FX, and quality out of five, but first... Three. For what? For scariness. Okay. Um, please don't hit your mic against the chair. That was an accident. I know, but just don't. Here's the plot of Damien the Omen 2. Since the sudden and highly suspicious death of his parents, 12-year-old Damien has been in charge of his wealthy aunt and uncle. In the charge. It, like okay. he's been in their I charge. was like, wow, what a, what a come up for Damien <laughs> yeah. there. Played by Lee Grant and William Holden. Widely feared to be the Antichrist, Damien relentlessly plots to seize control of his uncle's business empire and the world. Meanwhile, anyone attempting to unravel the secrets of Damien's sinister past or fiendish future meets with a swift and cruel demise. Um, the only thing I would uh, take issue with in this is that he doesn't seem to be actively planning to do any of those things. It just kind of happens around him. It's more like there's a crow that does it, and he's just like, oh, look at that crow. It murdered someone. I hate that crow so much. It was like the dog from the first one. Yes, but it was a crow, and I don't like the crow <clears throat> because <laughs> what? I thought you died. You, you, you had a full Melissa McCarthy and Happy Time murders after she takes the ecstasy. Like You just like shut off like a robot, and then just came back. I didn't shut off. I was swallowing this like really hard nugget of saliva that's truly disgusting well that's why i didn't tell you what was happening <laughs> you know you asked so i had to inform you uh-huh. i wasn't going to tell you of my own volition anyway so i'm done swallowing uh what was we talking about 
Who can who the crow? The crow. I hate this crow. <laughs> so the crow, the crow. Um, it uh, it just it appears and then it does evil dastardly things. Uh huh. And I don't appreciate that because birds are a kind species. <laughs> birds never do anything. So you they feel like have, it's misrepresenting birds. Exactly. They have come so far in having to undo the slander. And I don't use that word lightly, slander, that Alfred Hitchcock <laughs> used against them. Um, sure, sure thing. Sorry. So this crow is really taking a step back for bird culture everywhere. Yes. Um, would that impact your scariness score at all? What is your score? Um, my score is not impacted by the bird at all, although I did think it was kind of comical with the bird. And it didn't make me almost want to like lower my score. Yeah, with its shiny, shiny eyes. Yeah, I gave it a three. Oh, wow. Okay, so this movie scared you? A little bit. What when, parts? Okay, so that's really me being generous. Once again, I am just Mr. Generosity all the time, always. Uh-huh. Um, the first half of the movie was scary because I really did feel like there was, um, uh, what's the word? Tension? Like, there was tension. Yes, thank you. There was tension and there were certain um, like consequences to what was happening. And I felt like, okay, like this is something that I, like, I'm interested in. I thought the story was definitely better. Um, and therefore, I thought the scares were better because there was more you know, gravitas to every death scene. Um, having said that, in the middle to the second half of the movie, uh-huh. it really did drag on. And it became, I felt like it had multiple plots. And so it became harder for me to retain my interest and therefore stay scared. By the end of it, I was just on my phone the entire time. Yeah, which you shouldn't admit to because Matt will get mad, but this movie wasn't super engrossing. Mm -hmm. And also, I mean, just the world of cinema and art would get mad. Although Damien the Omen 2, I don't know if I'd qualify as art, um, but... It was good. I had such high hopes for it in the first half of the movie. I really want... Okay, so go ahead, Ben. You tell me your scariness score. Well, we'll talk about this later in overall. Quality. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm just saying... I'm giving it a two out of five. Because I do think Damien the Omen 2 is basically just the Omen again. But Damien is older and has a little more agency. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is interesting because at the beginning of the movie, they made it seem like he had the choice of being this evil kid or... you know, Well, I mean, it wasn't really much of a choice. It lasted like a split second. Or, like, you know, struggling with what it is to be the Antichrist and what yes. it is to have a destiny unfold before you. Like, that was an interesting concept for the split second that they gave that to him. Yeah, because when, when he reads the book of Revelations and realizes that he is the Antichrist and then runs out to a lake and shouts about his woes. Um, no, but but that's the thing that bothered me the most. This movie's biggest failing is the character of Damien because we never know what's going on in his head. Um I mean, honestly, a failing of the first one, too. But this one, Damien is actually a character who can speak and, you know, perform actions. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do see him struggle for that one scene. But then just for the rest, it's just like, oh, he's an evil kid again. Yeah. And it just never really makes sense. We don't see an arc. We don't see him embracing his role as the Antichrist nope. or struggling with it in any way. Nope. Or even trying to understand what it means and what he can do. Mm-hmm. It's like, I need a Spider-Man scene of him, like... I don't know, murdering some crows or something. Murdering Uncle Ben. Yes, exactly. That's what Spider-Man did um, when he was discovering his powers. Yeah. So much of this movie really struggles to find a protagonist and to, I guess, cover their arc of what it is to be related in whatever way to the Antichrist. Uh-huh. Um, and it struggles because there's so many people who you are introduced to and who you 
see their evolution and how they approach Damien. There's his uncle. Yeah, uh, his... played by William Holden, who was offered the Gregory Peck part from the mm-hmm. first movie and turned it down. There's Damien himself, uh-huh. who we thought, or at least I thought, was the protagonist for the first half of the movie. Um, and then there's the like museum curator. Yes. There's a and then there's a bunch of people involved in the Thorn business holdings too. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's 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 almost a masterpiece theater drama. There's so many characters. There's way too many characters, and they're mostly middle aged white men. And who could care? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. There, there were some parts that were scary. I mean, I I did like the bird attack actually when uh, the character, the reporter lady, whose name is Joan Hart, who I just wanted. I want to add the Melissa. Mm-hmm. I want to put it in there. Mm-hmm. Um, You're conditioned to add her where you can. I know. I love Sabrina the Teenage Witch. It's great. It was great. We don't talk about Salem enough. That's so true. Justice for Salem. Salem is the original queer cat. Yeah. Salem Saberhagen. Yes. Continue, Brennan. Um, and there's there's a character in this movie named Bugenhagen, so maybe they're related. Maybe maybe that's where they got the idea. Sure. They were like, we're going to hire Melissa Joan Hart just because she's so close to Joan Hart. Sure. Anyway, she gets attacked by a bird. She does get to go full tippy hedron, and I, I, I think that seems effective. And generally, like, the death sequences are about as effective as the original movie, except less well-directed. I m- thought there was one scene that was really good. And that was the um, the ice capades one. Oh yeah, um, the guy Bill, who's like kind of the fundamentalist or the idealist at the office, who's trying mm-hmm. to prevent like the actions of Satan from like withholding food to buy land. It's really complicated. Yeah, he's trying to enforce like you know sustainable and uh, wholesome business practices in this you know corporation that's just out to get the bottom dollar and to essentially extract resources from those who have very little. Yeah, and as we all know, corporations are the devil, and uh, this is pretty literal in that interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he there's an ice skating accident, and he gets trapped under the ice, and he drowns in this frozen lake, and it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty horrifying. Mm-hmm. And it's horrifying to me because it lasts like almost a, probably longer than a full minute. There's like it's probably like two and a half minutes. Yeah, where you see them trying to save him under the ice. You see him traveling with the current and you see them trying to break through the ice to see if they can get him. And me and you, you know, me and Brendan, I mean, have seen Archie in uh, Riverdale, Riverdale. Uh, break through the ice and save a character. Yeah, there's a great scene where he punches the ice for no reason and it's awesome. Uh-huh. And so, you know, we're thinking maybe they can save this guy. And then at one point, he even latches onto a branch above water, takes uh-huh. a breath underwater. But the moment that he goes back under, that's when it's like his feet, his fate is sealed. Yeah, he, he just vanishes. And it, it's just this shot of all these kids and adults scattering across the lake looking for him. Uh-huh. And it's just chaos. And it, it's it's it, that's a good scene. It's that's pretty horrifying. really good. And it's very scary. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I just I, I was trying to say that I wouldn't say that. This is as well directed as the Richard Donner one, um, because this was actually directed by two people because one of them got fired in the middle of it. That makes so much sense. Yeah, it kind of does. Because this movie does feel like a multitude of different movies that Mm -hmm. don't really fit together at all. Mm -hmm. But the thing that's surprising to me that I didn't realize is that these movies are just slasher movies in exorcist clothes. Like, it's anyone who threatens Damien gets killed in an outre set piece. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, just very Final Destination-y from the late 70s. Like, these are proto-slashers, which is not something I thought of them as. 
Um, and there's my constant refrain of, oh, slasher movies aren't particularly scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and this falls into that, which is why I gave it a two. Um, but I, I think it has some of the power of the original Omen because so much of it is so similar. Mm-hmm. It was a good sequel. I did like how they tried to flesh out Damien's character, but it didn't really pan out. Anyways, we're spending way too much time for horror. Let's move on to the next category. Campiness. Campiness. What's a your two? score? A two, if that. I would give it a one, really. I'm giving it a two also. Or Well, first of all, because they keep saying the name Bugenhagen, <laughs> which is great. I didn't catch on to that, so my score is unaffected by the word Copenhagen. Bugenhagen. Whatever. Say it with me. Bugenhagen. Three times fast. I'm not saying it three times fast. Okay, fine. Um, I did like how every character is American but has that accent where they're acting so hard they sound British. I think that's a thing that's common with the upper crust. That too, sure. Um, Joan Hart is great. Aunt Marion is great. I think that's a vestige of like old Hollywood where when they would overact, it sounded like they were British. Yeah, but that's campy, and that's why I said that. Okay, you're right. I wasn't saying it's like I was a trying, thing. I was trying to provide context for Thank our you. listeners. Continue, Brennan. No, but Aunt Marion is the Mrs. Burke from Children of the Corn 2 in this movie. Oh, I love She's Aunt Marion. She's the old lady who has all the tea. She was great. She knows Damien sucks. She did. And she just sits down at dinner, and she's like, I will not put you in my will if you let Damien hang out with your son any mm-hmm. longer. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Um... I just like, you know, ladies telling it like it is. Yeah. Okay, so whatever campiness this movie gets, it get for me at least, it gets from the fact that stuff is clearly wrong. People keep dying. People close to this family keep dying. Mm-hmm. And they all are all people who have sounded alarms in relation to Damien. And the two main characters, arguably, you know, the uncle and his wife. Yeah, William Holden and Lee Grant. You know, remain unsuspicious for the most part, like for three quarters of these deaths. And then in the final, like... 20 minutes. 20 minutes of them, we were like, oh, wait, something might be up here. These people are dying, and it's all in relation to Damien. What could it be? Continue, Brian. Yeah, no, it, it it's this movie has almost no plot, yeah. um, which is the struggle as it gets to the closing act, because you're like, literally nothing has happened. Uh-huh. Actually, this is the thing I was going to bring up la- uh, later, but... All Antichrist movies show the beginning of the Antichrist and never follow through. We never get to see Armageddon. We never get to see the Antichrist actually, like, perform Antichrist activities mm-hmm. and, you know, like, start the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Um, Rosemary's Baby, the Antichrist, is born and then it ends. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I think that's just because that's uninteresting. I think it's incredibly interesting. Um, I want to well, see... Well, I mean, the struggle for most people... In the audience would be trying to stop the Antichrist. Yeah. And so I feel like it would be an interesting to just show the armies. You can show their demise, which you can like, but you can conclude that it would lead to the, you know, rise of the armies of the undead. But you don't necessarily need to see that. I would like to, though, because I'm just I I get blue balled by all these Antichrist movies because it's always like, oh, yeah, this kid's going to be super cool and evil. He sure is. Just wait. And then the omen ends, and he's staring at the camera, and you're like, oh, he's sure going to be evil in the next one. And then this one, he's like, still not evil, really. Mm-hmm. And he's going through a satanic puberty to turn into the Antichrist. And then at the end, it's like, oh, oh, he's sure going to be evil in the next one. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just going to keep doing this forever. And mm-hmm. I want to see some 
demonic mayhem. I just think it's hard to pull off that demonic mayhem from the get-go and have it like sustained throughout a movie uh, just because well, it's... No, it doesn't have to be from frame one, but it has to happen in the third act. Something horrible and crazy has to happen. That's, it's, that would be so over the top. Yes, that's what I want. These movies are too subdued and boring. That's their steez, though. That shouldn't be. I just, I, I don't like it. I, I don't like that aspect of it because I just want anything to happen. I want to see the end of the world. And I understand that uh, the further we get into sequels, the cheaper these movies are going to be and the worse it would look if they made it happen. Yeah. But I just, I feel like I'm constantly promised this thing that I'm never given. And it's very frustrating to me. Okay. So tangent. It's going to be a big tangent. Sure. We saw X-Men Apocalypse. We sure did. Do you remember The End of the World brought to you by Oscar Isaac? Yeah. That was what you wanted right there. Basically, I look, I want what I'm promised. I don't care if it's good. Was it good or was it bad? Well, that was just a dumb movie and it was a purple man. I want to see Damien. No, 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 no. Was That's what you wanted right there from that movie. Okay, but that's not a biblical apocalypse. It's not like hellfire. The man is called Apocalypse. His henchmen are the four horsemen of the apocalypse mentioned in the Bible. Uh, They're not the biblical horsemen, though. They're just like... It's definitely a biblical reference. No, it's a biblical reference, but it's not... not, The Bible is not being acted out by the freaking X-Men. Okay, so the fact that you... Clearly did not like that scene, that whole steeze from X-Men Apocalypse means that you would not like it if it was presented in this movie. And you would find something else to complain about. Okay. But were there lakes of fire in X-Men Apocalypse? No, it was, it was just, just a terrible bunch of CGI. turning into dust. Yeah, it was nothing. It was just a big CGI ball. Um, ugh, I hate you so much. What? Uh, for proving that you just are looking for something to complain about? No. You you don't understand what I'm asking for. I'm asking for literally the biblical apocalypse that they are promising, which okay. has never happened in any movie that I've seen. Okay, well, I challenge Someone you. Someone recommend to me a movie. I challenge you to make that movie, Brennan. Okay, great. I will. Um, anyway, one other campy thing that happens is the horror trope of people find out a horrifying bit of information, and then they call someone on the phone and be like, hey, meet me over here so I can tell you this information, and then they die. Um, and that happens like 18 times in this movie. <laughs> so many people die. That poor doctor just trying to do medical things died unnecessarily. Oh, yeah, and he got the biggest – he got the David Warner death of this movie. Yeah, it was insane. Which, good transition into effects. Um his was the best effect of the movie, which was um, basically he gets in an elevator. Never a good idea. Um, he he wants. To, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> he wants to go down, but the elevator goes up, and then the elevator falls, and he's surprisingly fine ha- having fallen twenty five stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's this like weird cable that's falling after the elevator that just slices through the elevator and his entire torso and cuts him in half. Mm-hmm. And it's this super gross, crazy final destination sequence, which is, I I'm glad there's at least one in each of these movies so far that is like a show stopping gore effects mm-hmm. set piece. Yeah. The rest are all really, um, just like ordinary deaths. That yeah. I guess wouldn't raise a lot of eyebrows other than the fact that they're connected to this one child. Mm-hmm. People Damien. like clutching their necks and going, ah, I'm dead. Uh huh. 
Well, Aunt Marion died essentially in her room, undisturbed. Yeah, she died of a crow-induced heart attack. Somebody else was hit by a car. With it, there was a great dummy flying over that car. It was hilarious. It was a Mary Poppins moment. Uh huh. Um, where's the mother's ass? Um, the the guy who had like the toxic gas spilled on him when he was fixing the machine. Oh yeah. Um, and there was the train one. Yeah, the guy was crushed by a train car. That one was pretty good. Yeah, that was all right. Although one um, thing I did not like with that one was he was crushed, but we never saw any blood leaving his corpse. Yeah, exactly. That's that's my problem. That's why I'm giving this two out of five, because that one effect set piece, mm-hmm. great, but there's uh-huh. nothing else here. Yeah, I'll give it a 2.5. Sure. Continue. No, I mean... That, any other deaths that caught your eye? <sighs> not really. The final death scene was pretty funny. Oh, you mean where spoilers like Lee Grant stabs her husband because I guess she works for the devil? Yeah. Um, so one of the weird metaphors present in this movie is the fact that, you know, the whore of Babylon is going to bring upon the the Antichrist. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that because they gave like a whole PowerPoint about it. And I was like, I'm not listening to this. Uh huh. That's like in the first five minutes of the movie. Um, and we're stuck, I guess, kind of trying to figure out who is this whore of Babylon. And I guess it's, you know, his uncle's second wife because, you know, second wife's mm-hmm, enough said there. <laughs> Sure. Uh, I mean, I guess that's what the movie's saying, right? The, because she's a second wife. I she's guess. Gonna be a whore. I just love the idea of Lee Grant as a harlot with that Lee Grant haircut that she has that looks like a mushroom. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she stabs him, and then they both burn. Yeah, that was weird. Um, so Damien immediately sacrifices her with a big fireball. And, it's and like, the movie okay, ends. The movie for ends, your help, lady. and it closes on a biblical passage. Yeah, a really weird one about false apostles. And it's like, really, don't pretend like you're a serious movie, Damien Omen 2. That's just lazy script writing because they couldn't bother to give this movie an ending worth caring about. No, it's that it, uh, this movie is such a nothing of a movie. Um, But although I did enjoy most of it. I enjoyed the first half. And after that, I was locked out. No, but yeah, let's go to quality. I'm giving this three out of five. Like, it's a very slight slip of a movie. I do like slasher films, mm-hmm. um, which is basically what this is. And I liked having death set pieces, like, come up pretty regularly because this movie is not going to be as well made as the first Omen, obviously. So at least, like, we got we to gotta up the crazy quotient, mm-hmm. which this kind of does. Um, it just... Uh, it's it's weak. The protagonist doesn't make any sense. Um, we don't know who the protagonist is of this movie. Um, we don't spend enough time with anyone to really get to know them. Um, and, yeah. How, what about you? Do you have an overall rating? Even though I did like this movie probably more than the first one, uh-huh. um, I'm giving it a two because it felt... Like a bunch of strings that never really connected to tell a cohesive story. Yeah. And like we mentioned over and over again, um, it was a a movie that suffered from multiple plots. Yeah. It, it's just a, it's a really tangled web that never really... You know how spiders don't get caught in their own webs according to the uh, super pale lady in the, tat, in the Dragon Tattoo movie, the new one? The trailer for the girl in the spider's web? Yeah. How hard was that to remember? I just my my tongue got tied, just like the the plot threads in Damien Omen two. Yes, starring Claire Foy. Yeah, y'all better catch that because that's a good looking trailer. Yeah, it look, does look cool. But anyway, this movie did get caught in its own web, so it's not a very good spider. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a really long way of saying that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it. I don't know. I I do like the idea that 
these uh, this particular franchise is actually allowed a lot of continuity because they can just keep recasting Dam- Damien as he ages. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what the later Jaws sequels did. They just had... Um, they recast Bruce? Yes. No, they, they recast um, Sheriff Brody's sons, and they had them carry on the you know family tradition of fighting sharks. Uh-huh. Um, and that way, it feels like you're watching a consistent story, even though you can't get the same actors back. Mm-hmm. And I do like that, and I'm excited for the next one-ish, because Sam Neill is in it, um, playing Damien. So that's cool. You're just staring at me. Sam Neill's in it? Yeah. Wow. He's playing Damien? Yep. Jurassic Park is playing Damien. Yep. Dr. Alan Grant himself. Wow. Okay. So I'm, I'm excited for this next movie. Do you want to make our guesses about what it's about? Um... I'm expecting to be bored by it, truth be told. Oh, absolutely. Um, do you know the title? Can I at least have the title? Yes. It's called The Omen 3. Or, Well, it, it's it's got a bunch of different titles, but they're all combinations of The Final Conflict, Omen 3. Um, and it's from 1981, so it's three years after this one. Uh, I don't know. I hope it has at least a cohesive plot. Um, I, th- I think it might. But this last one left me kind of like, oh, gosh, it's just going to be downhill from here, as opposed to the Children of the Corn, which we've been watching. And it's they've been slightly, you know, they've had their ups and their downs, but they've been at least intriguing. Yeah. And they're honest about their chintziness. Yeah. The Omen franchise is a very chintzy horror franchise, but it, it thinks that it's much more important than it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do know. I know one more thing about um, the Omen 3. What um, is it? I'm fairly certain that Damien works for the UN in this one, so he's taking after his daddy, um, being like a diplomat, I guess. Okay, it's gonna be like his father was an ambassador, so yes, yeah. The State so, Department. Um, I assume it'll be a weird political thriller based on that information, um, and of course, people are gonna die in weird ways, and then um, he's gonna be like left behinding he's going to be setting up the apocalypse because i assume he has to be evil right he mm-hmm. has to be at this point mm-hmm. like there's got to be no struggle from him but i feel like we're also going to be following him so that'll be weird but like and then the end it's going to be like the apocalypse is totally going to happen you guys in omen four mm. <laughs> catch us next time uh, so um, i'm excited yeah damien thorne will return in <laughs> the omen four yeah revelations it's actually called The Awakening. Ooh. Anyway, well, I mean, we'll get to our guesses about that one next month. Um, I don't know. So, yeah, here's how you can contact the show. You can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod. You can find us on Facebook at Scream101Podcast. Email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review us. Uh, give us five stars or we'll send a crow to your house. And- I would never do that. I would send a pigeon. Okay, that's nice. It was a little message tied to it being like, Please give us five stars. Yes. And also subscribe to our Patreon, which word on the street is, is very good. Yes. Um, our most recent Patreon episode was on, uh, oh shoot, what was it on? It was Reason on the Happy Time Murders. Yeah. And you know the uh, the slightly tipsy Sergio you've been getting the past couple weeks? Um, it's full tilt on that Happy Time Murders episode. It's intense. I disagree, but whatever. I haven't heard it because I don't because I don't want y'all better subscribe. (laughs) (laughs) You better subscribe. 
That's all yeah, I'm going to say. There's also lots of outtakes where I get to embarrass Sergio, too. So that's fun. You do that regularly. Just all the time. That's my, that's my goal in life. This is a, a battered witness speaking. <laughs> Brennan, no, please don't. Come on. Brennan throws things at me. It's mostly stuffed animals. <laughs> Which it's we mostly, have an abundance of. Yeah. Mostly they're stuffed, all Pikachus. They're all Pikachus. Anyway, um, next week, catch us for Children of the Corn 4, The Gathering, which I'm honestly, I've been loving the Children of the Corns. I'm very excited and it's going to disappoint me so much, but we'll see you then for that. Yeah, I can't wait to hear your rant on which... (laughs) Who's hottest? Which of the barely legal adults in this movie is the hottest? Look, look... There are teenagers in Children of the Corn who are 18 and above, and that's great. I'm not talking about, like, you know, any of these Omen kids in the military school, uh-huh. which we did not mention there was a military academy, because it barely... Why? It, it didn't matter involved. at all. Oh, um, and Lance Henriksen plays his uh, military boss, so shout out to Who him. is also evil? Who tells him, you know what, you're destined for great things, Damien? Don't while, let it scare you? While staring out a window. Yeah, God, what a shit movie. <laughs> <laughs> and with that... Uh, until next week, good luck on your journey. I hope I'm not burning any bridges and stay gold. What, with Lance Henriksen? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. No, whenever. Stay gold, everybody. Bye. Midas touch gold. Sure. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hi, I'm Brennan. And I'm Dave. And we are the co-hosts of Cast Party. It's a freewheeling pop culture conversation. I am an online media mogul. And I'm not. I'm a drama teacher. Yes. In fact, my drama teacher. We kind of transplant the conversations that we have every time we hang out into a podcast, and we hope you like it. Check it out. Enjoy. At podpeople.me. That was was really fun and not awkward at all. (laughs) Bye.